Welcome to The Sustainable Life. It's Josh Spodek here with Chris Bailey. Chris, I'm, you know, I want to know how you're doing. And I also want to hear how your challenge went. But before that, I was listening to our last conversation and I realized that we spent a fair amount of time talking about you being on stage and, and having a crisis moment and talking about more, 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 yeah. and not as much time on calm. Mm. And I wonder if you'd mind if we held off a second on hearing your experience and spend a little more time with your book, and, and especially if you've heard back from readers of sharing how it's been for you, what you're sharing, because you said there's yeah. no book like it. And maybe what you've heard back from some readers. Well, I am biased when, when I say there's no book like it. I, I do have a conflict of interest, you could say. <laughs> well, before you wrote it, you found that there's no book like it. And then yeah, yeah, it's not like people like sitting down and uh, struggling to write something that's not going to go well. Yeah, it's uh, well, I, I will say out of out of the three books that I've put out, the uh, feedback has been uh, it has gr greater depth, it seems with this book, it's it seems to have made uh, a, a bigger difference for those who have read it. And maybe it's it's a that's a function of the topic that is written about in the book, where the previous books are about intentionality, they're about productivity, uh, personal accomplishment, whereas this one is about that personal accomplishment and, and that achievement, but also about anxiety, about calm, about uh, burnout, these factors that a lot of us kind of have in our in our lives. But I, I will say that it's it's been just immensely uh, gratifying to see you know when when you put a piece of work out into the world you you never know how it's going to be received you never know how it's going to be uh interpreted uh or whether it's going to help people out U ultimately you know there isn't you know relative to other pursuits um that there isn't you know I, I don't write books for the money i i do it genuinely to try to help people out um, and I'm grateful that this book has helped people. Man, okay, that's that's all the tooting of my own horn I get today. I promise I won't do it any further. <laughs> I, it didn't sound like tooting. It sounded like description. Okay. It, uh, oh, good. What kind of results have people come back with? They're happier. Yeah, they they feel more comfortable in their mind. And what... Uh, and ultimately, somebody has to make these changes for themselves. It's not, it's, I, I'm not standing over somebody's shoulder. I'm, I'm just kind of sharing in the book what, what has worked for me. But to be able to, to kind of help somebody along in, in that journey to feel more comfortable in somebody's mind, um, in, in ways that are pragmatic, practical, not, you know, only sitting down on a meditation cushion, but other things that we can do in our lives as well. That's, it, it feels just really, really, really good and really, really, really rewarding. And, you know, so it's, it's not my, well, it launched a couple of months ago, so it's definitely not my, my biggest book so far. Uh, but I will say that it is, this has been the most rewarding launch that I've had out of the books. Yeah. The, the word calm comes to mind. It recalls for me a woman, she's actually on the board of my nonprofit, and she talked about decision-making, decisions mm -hmm. that you make in the moment versus, as she put it, decisions, I, what I would decide when I'm calm. 
Yeah. And they're very different. And that relates very strongly to sustainability to me because I see a lot of people sleepwalking into, you know, not making decisions, reacting to things because they're not mm -hmm. calm. Yeah. And it feeds, you go into the death spiral of like, you're not calm, so you make decisions that make you more anxious. And then you get more, then you have less yeah. calm and you make more decisions. So this gets you out of that. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that emotional reactivity component uh, of calm is a key one that distinguishes between calm and, and anxiety. Where when, when we're anxious, when we have an anxious mind, we're emotionally reactive to external and internal circumstances. We have thoughts that are in our mind that we then react to, even though those thoughts were generated often by automatic processes in response to previous conditioning. And so we have these self-perpetuating cycles of anxiety that are internal as well as external, where we encounter a, a threat or a fire to put out at work. And so much of our, our jobs these days are uh, are dealing with problems and, and solving problems and, and hopefully seeing. Uh, but, but, but there comes a point where we begin to see the problems that we face every day as as threats and not as puzzles to figure out where we we feel them uh, on on that visceral level and that's really i think what's worth moving away from and you know this component of calm it's calm is not something we seek and i didn't even try to find it until i had that aforementioned anxiety attack on stage it's not something i found uh, compelling enough to ever pursue uh, but it, it really is, you know, it, it's fascinating that calm and anxiety live on, on a spectrum with one another. I forget if we were chatting about this last time. Yeah, but, but say it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a refresher. Um, but on one end of the spectrum is anxiety where we're emotionally reactive. We, uh, relate to our thoughts in a negative way. Uh, and our mind is agitated. Uh, so that's one end of the spectrum. And we tend to think of calm. Or, or, or as the, we tend to think of the opposite of anxiety as just having no anxiety, just being free from anxiety. Uh, but the research shows that calm is actually the other end of that spectrum. And so in other words, the spectrum goes from highly anxious on one end all the way past this point of no anxiety in the middle. And then we can go past that point of no anxiety where we our, our thoughts become even less agitated. We relate to them positively. Our emotional reactivity goes down and we find a calm mind. And the decision making, I, I love how you focus on that because when we perceive everything as a threat, when we're in that, that anxious state of mind, it's, it's impossible to think clearly. It's, it's impossible to think about the interconnected nature of, of our actions and the results that they lead to uh, and then the systemic nature of any decision or action that we take but we can observe that with a calm mind and we even get you know speaking of decision making speaking of productivity we get the productivity benefits uh, if you were let's say giving a, a presentation to a thousand people and the presentation starts in three minutes from now, so you're about to go on stage, you're about to be introduced. Uh, and I ask you to, I ask you to multiply like 64 by 78 in your head. It'll probably take you a lot, lot longer to multiply it before going up on stage. It's that 
threatening mode of, of thinking where we perceive things that the, uh, so things take longer. It might take two times longer, three times longer. Um, this is the effect of anxiety on cognitive performance. Uh, it affects decision making. It affects, um, it affects productivity even, but there are these profound benefits to moving down that, that calm spectrum. Yeah, profound seems like an understatement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, profound is like life changing. I mean, it's not just life changing, like different, it's a different way of living. Yeah. And things might look the same to the outside observer. You know, you might continue waking up and spending time with your family and making a cup of tea and then playing with your cat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and you could live the exact same day in a state of anxiety and a state of calm and perceive the day entirely differently. You, you can learn to appreciate your day. You can learn to savor it. You can learn to find uh, magic in, in small experiences. And I, I think that's, that's the true profound nature of calm where it may not change the situations in our life, at least immediately at, at the start, but it can change our perception of our life, which is even better, right, than, than changing our situation often is. I'm going to get your expert opinion on something that has been getting to me. What, what triggered it, not tri I see a lot of people riding their bikes, holding a disposable cup of coffee. Yeah. And people say, Josh, I don't have time to sit and get it in a mug. I'm on the run and I wish I had more time, but I don't. And so I got to get the disposable. Yeah. Now, I think that you can't enjoy coffee while riding in traffic. And so it seems challenging. Yep. So the people who say that they don't have time, by their prediction, if they were to sit down and take time, other things would fall off and they'd run out of time. They, they wouldn't have, they, they wouldn't get things done. But there are a few people I know who have committed to saying, I'm only going to drink a cup of coffee with my spouse or at work with a mug, and I'm not going to do the disposable. Yeah. And they say they have more time as a result of this change, not less. And I think that uh, if I extrapolate the, the, I hope regular listeners haven't heard me talk about this too much, but the the riding around the bike with the with the disposable coffee to me reminds me of Goodfellas when the scene with the helicopter overhead and he's driving around he's got like a bunch of family things to do meanwhile he's got to pick up some drugs and and guns and deliver them because he's a mobster as one does yeah and he's like getting everything done at one point he drops off or picks up his son I think or some family member from the doctor and the doctor's like. Uh, let's take a look at you, man. You don't look so good. And the doctor, he, I mean, he's all frazzled because he's been taking cocaine all day. And, but he th feels like he's on the top of, on top of the world. And they show him and his, his, he's wrecked. His face is all, he's yeah. like sweating and, and his hair is all messed up. But he just feels like he's getting one thing done after another. And I mm -hmm. can't, he's not calm. <laughs> but he feels like he's a champion. No, doesn't sound that. Well, actually, I disagree. Uh, uh, cocaine is wonderful for calm. I talk about this in the book. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, missed that chapter. Maybe I misunderstood. Yeah. 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 And 
but I think that's us. I mean, we're, I mean, certainly there's a lot of people taking um, Adderall or whatever they're taking and various other things. But we're also just addicted to what pollution brings of being able to fly around really fast. And, and I think that we're choosing a style of life that we're consciously choosing it, but we are suppressing that conscious choice, the consciousness of that choice. Yeah. But we think that we're going to save time and get more done, but I think we get more lower level things done. What do you think of the difference between running around drinking coffee on the, on the go versus yeah. sitting down and, and enjoying it? If you enjoy, or, or stopping drinking coffee if you, if you just don't have time for it. Yeah. I, I think it truly wouldn't make a difference time wise. You know, the, the, the couple minutes that it takes to steep a tea at home. What if the line is long at the cafe that day? Um, and th this is, you know, that phrase that you mentioned, I don't have time. Th this is a phrase that when somebody says it, they rarely mean that they don't have time. They usually mean something else. Because when somebody says they don't, oh, I, I don't have time to grab coffee next week. But wait a second. Didn't you watch three hours of YouTube yesterday? Um, wait, wait a sec. Don't you, don't you kind of fill the gaps of your day with your phone? Uh, don't, don't you, and the list goes on. Um, and so I think when somebody says they don't have time for something, they often mean they don't have attention for something. They often mean they don't have energy for something. They often mean they don't have the, the calm state of mind needed to do something. Um, it, uh, reading is a very good example of this. So it's, it's incredible, uh, to think about how people have time for the things that are stimulating, but they don't have time for the things that lead to a state of calm, right? Cause, you know, what, what is stimulating usually is dopaminergic. Uh, it usually uh, is chemically rewarding to do in the moment uh, in a way that, say, reading a book isn't. So I, I hear from a lot of people, I don't have time to read these days. Um, but the amount of Netflix they watch, <laughs> the the amount of YouTube they watch, the amount of, of content, hashtag content they consume, uh, social media time, phone time uh, is really remarkable. If you If you took a day, and in all of the little gaps between the things that you do, when you, when you would normally pick up your phone, uh, you picked up a book, you'd probably read a book in two days by, by filling these gaps with a, uh, with, with a book instead of a phone. And so I, I truly think that when somebody says they don't have time for something, either they don't have the attention for it, they don't have the state of mind for it, they don't have the, the working memory capacity for it, they don't have some other ingredient that isn't time because time is, is more flexible than we think it is usually as well. Um, if your dad gets sick or your, your mom gets, somebody in the family gets sick and you have to fit in, um, visiting them in, in your busy schedule, usually you can find a way, you know, if you want an all expenses, paid trip to some spa or something and it's monday and that spa vacation is thursday and friday you'd probably find a way to get everything done between monday and wednesday so you could actually enjoy the time at the spa um time is malleable time is flexible 
Uh, and usually I think people mean something else. Yeah, I think that they're not making the choices when they're the the choices that the opposite of the choices that they would make when they are calm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to use your talking about books to segue to oh. uh, when last we spoke, I'd asked you about what the environment meant to you, and and that led to taking on a, a commitment. Can you remind me when I asked you about what the environment meant to you? What the environment meant to you? What you thought about? Oh. Uh, well, you know, I I live in Ottawa and I'm looking out the window here and there's snow covered uh, on the ground. There's, uh, you know, there's, it's a nature city, I think of Ottawa. And so we live uh, three or four blocks from the Rideau Canal, uh, which feels like a gift when I, whenever we walk down the, the Rideau Canal. It's pretty, it's murky water. It hasn't been cleaned ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think in the in the hundreds of years this canal has been operating, it's ever been cleaned. Uh, but it's beautiful. People skate on it in the winter time. Actually, uh, not to bring things down, but this is this year uh, because of the volatile climate that we have uh, is the only year that in the canal's history that it hasn't opened because the temperatures have been uh, varying so widely every day. We need consistently cold weather in Ottawa for, for it to freeze and to be able to skate across the city. Uh, but it, the, the nature in this city feels like a gift. There's so much green. There's so much blue, uh, in terms of the water. Uh, and there's so much to see and just walking around it is, uh, yeah, it's, that's what the environment, uh, I forget the exact question you asked, but that's, I, I love the environment here. Yeah. I, I remember you talking about it and, and being brought there. I mean, I haven't been there. But, oh. you know, uh, what is it? Drawing, it conjured up comparable experiences. In my, I can't say comparable to the actual, what you've seen and, and uh, experienced, but something like it, I think. And yeah. so then I invited you to think of something to do to implement, to manifest the emotions that that, that, that experience, that, that, uh, that experience of nature we should bring that up in other ways. And do you remember what you, can you remind us what you committed to? Yeah, yeah. So the challenge, and I'm excited to talk about how it went, because uh, there's a twist there. Oh. Um, the, the challenge was, you know, there's a lot of errands to do around town. And and I, I've never listened to a, a fictional audiobook, And so the challenge was to do walking errands when I would have originally Ubered to, to them, listening to a fictional book and to get through a fictional audiobook in uh, the time between we, our chats. And now I'm curious how it went and I'm curious what yeah. the twist is. So I am happy to report, my friend, to you and, and to our listeners that I, I can count on, I think, one hand how many Ubers I've, I've been on over the course uh, of the last what is it, month or two since we chatted last? I think a couple months. I've lost track of time at this point. <laughs> um, but, but the twist is it has been a busy, busy time here. Um, and so there's been, you know, days when the day is just one interview after another. And the very last thing I want to do at the end of the day is put more things into my mind. Uh, and so instead of a book, 
what I've done is I've left my phone at home hmm. uh, and and gone places uh, when I could. You know, there are some times when you need your phone with you. You're going to some appointment or there's something to sign in with your phone or something like that. Um, but probably 60 to 70 percent of the time, I'd, I'd guess, I left my phone at home and just brought a, a pen and a notepad with me because I found that the last thing I wanted to do at the end of these days is put more things into my mind because my mind had had enough stimulation by that point. And I just thought through uh, the launch, I thought through ideas, I came up with new ideas for articles, I've been more uh, cr really connected with creativity during this time. Uh, this experiment, realizing, you know, that, uh, the, the frustrations I've had with my phone motivated me to, um, not trade in. It's, it's in a cupboard at this point. Uh, but essentially get rid of my iPhone 14 Pro, um, for, for this time being. And I don't know if you post the video anywhere, but, uh, adopt this little, uh, this little flip phone contraption into my life. Yeah. Flip phone. Let's see if this will come through in the audio uh this is my device oh, it's not coming through but i can but i can tell the listeners that he's like flipping it and he, if you maybe you heard the sound of it like slapping shut this thing is uh, a piece of junk basically uh but it, it's and it's upsetting my family because i don't have iMessage anymore but it's been a really fun experiment to reflect on this role that the phone has so yeah, this uh, it, it led to this experiment, you know, or at least tangentially led to the experiment and uh, more ideas, more plans, more thoughts and uh, some decompression time walking across the city. Because uh, Ottawa, you know, the, the paths to get from one place to another, especially in the wintertime, they don't have a lot of uh, greenery. They don't have a lot of uh, nature. It's very much the city, but uh, seeing the the people and just kind of looking up instead of down or instead of inward by listening to something has been uh, has been a gift. Now, wait a second. Yes. Because there's all these apps that you can put on your phone that are for creativity and jotting down notes <laughs> and just saying your voice message into it. Must yeah. You must have lost out on all those things. You must have been less creative. Oh, man. Uh, you know... You're behind the times. If I look back on the time I've spent on my phone. I can't think of very many meaningful experiences that I've had on the device. Can you? I'd be hard pressed. It's uh it doesn't not a lot comes to mind. And the frustrating part about this experiment, and I'm kind of halfway through right now, is this like Getting rid of your phone in 2023 mm -hmm. is not really doable. It's very, very difficult because by getting rid of it, you essentially ostracize yourself. And, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, how lonely people are right now mm -hmm. um, and how isolated people are uh, right now. And you only become more isolated if you get rid of your smartphone uh, simply because, or at least this is the, the case in my life, um, this is how people communicate. And communication right now is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> Let's say it's, it's more diffuse. It's more shallow. Uh, we have more, uh, connections, but they're far more shallow that if you summed up 
all of the shallowness of the connections, it's, it comes nowhere near uh, a few deep connections that we used to have. Um, but this is kind of the, the state of modern communication, which is sucky. It's kind of garbage <laughs> where we don't have this depth of, uh, of connection with others. Uh, but it's what we've got. And, and so that it, it's been a really fascinating experiment to think about the ways that technology, you know, I, I wouldn't say flavors communication, but tech, the, the ways that technology has become intertwined with the ways that we communicate, where technology is, is shaping the medium, which is becoming the message in, in a very large way. Um, where when the medium is the message, we look at the state of technology and the state of the phone and we see that it's shallow, it's more diffuse, it's, there isn't that depth there. It's, it's been really fascinating to, to reflect on. Yeah. How much of this... Sorry, this is kind of a tangent from things, but it's just on, on my mind. <laughs> oh, this is what I... This is... Uh, let's come back to that statement in a second. I want to ask first, how much of this came from... Would you Might you have done it anyway? Or how, was this a deliberate change from, I mean, did this come from our last conversation? Because a lot of people do their digital, um, uh, what's the word, um, diets and things like that. Detox? Were you going to do this yeah. anyway and this sped it up or did this prompt it completely? This really brought the frustration that I have with this device to the forefront of my mind. Um, and I remember, you know, there, there was, I think, one other moment. Um, it was after a meditation retreat. It was uh, two or three years ago. I, for, I actually forget if it was pre or no, it was pre COVID. Um, so it was, it was a little while back now. And I remember, um, coming from the airport in Toronto, there's a, a train that connects the airport to the, the train, the main train station in, in Toronto. And I remember kind of, you know, reconnecting after the, the meditation retreat on my phone and, kind of looking at the phone differently as if, you know, as if I could really adopt it as a functional device in my life. Um, but then I looked up and every single person in the train car that I was in was looking down at their phone and they had this zoned out look. Not one person in that car looked happy. Mm. And I don't know what situation the, these people were in, right? It was coming from the airport to Union Station. But usually people are excited to arrive somewhere or, or you know, they just got off the plane. They're relieved to be at home. So they look kind of relaxed and comfortable. Nobody looked that way. Um, and I remember, and it was probably after the meditation retreat. So I was more in, in tune with um, my external environment because it, it's interesting how the external environment becomes so much more stimulating after a meditation retreat. You'd kind of observe things you wouldn't otherwise. But I remember feeling the mood of that car and just becoming sad about this device. Um, because, you know, apparently people say that this phone that I have, the iPhone 14 Pro, uh, it's, I, I got the one terabyte model even that the top of the line phone, Apparently, it's the greatest phone uh, Apple has ever made, people say. It does not feel like the greatest phone Apple has ever made. It does not bring meaning to my life. It does not me bring uh, these great, riveting experiences to my life. Uh, it does not make me happy. So why is it so great? I, I don't understand. And, and so that was kind of the thinking. It was, 
those two points, I think, after the meditation retreat, seeing that people were not happy with this device, and then you know, leaving my phone at home and realizing that I was happier without it. Um, you know, I, I think there's this experiment is kind of molded into frustration because I'm realizing the ways that um, people, I don't need a phone, but p- other people need me to have a phone because of their communication flows with me. Um, and so that's become an interesting frustration, <laughs> uh, from this experiment. But it was, I think it was those two points in, in time. To any extent, did the, um, my asking what the environment meant to you, did the feeling of, of connecting with the, the waterways and, and greenways of, of Ottawa and your, your feeling with respect to it, did that prompt anything? The reason I'm asking is that, I try to work on intrinsic motivation rather than extrinsic. That's what the, you know, a lot of people are yeah. like, here's a little thing to do, but I think little versus big is not as important as intrinsic versus extrinsic. Yeah. And I think that we increasingly are disconnected from nature and different people can mean different things by nature, but I hope people understand what I mean. And, and when we reconnect, we realize what we're missing, but it's very easy. It's very easy to connect less and less and less and then feel like we're giving up less and less and less because we're disconnected more. Yeah. And I wonder how much that factored in, if at all. I'd say a little bit, like a like a, a three or a four out of ten. <laughs> you know, I think that was uh, the I- intrinsic factors and, and the, the intrinsic reflections that led to this experiment and this continuation of thought about this device. You know, I, I've thought back actually you know in in the sea of interviews around the book um i thought back to that you know that idea of just being in in the green and the blue you know that we were talking about last time i I thought back to that um during these walks and so i I would say it's uh yeah it's it probably played some part that i haven't yet realized yeah what do you think of this? You you spend a lot of a lot of time thinking about this. This um, what do you think of of the phone? This the modern smartphone. Do you think it's a net positive? Do you think uh, do you think it's a necessity, an unfortunate necessity? What what what's your think? Well, I think it's one of the bigger manifestations of what's causing the isolation. I mean, people aren't the, all the apps and so forth are, are for themselves the, and. It's to put us in touch with others ostensibly, but not, but mediated through them. So it seems to me a major source of addiction and a a huge drain on power. I mean, we think of the batteries as being very useful, but there's the giant server centers and the pollution is, is is like off the charts. Um, you know, the mines with the children, we, we, we can't seem to make mines without sticking children in the mines. Yeah. And they got like, a couple feet to stand or not even to stand in and losing more forest and things like that. I think it's, uh, I see, I'm thinking about, see, I'm thinking about offering you a new challenge or an augmented one, which is, I suspect that the phone is one manifestation of something that what you're talking about reminds me of my experience of not flying Hmm. and avoiding packaged food. Things where I thought, wait a minute, this is packaged food means I can get food from anywhere in the world. Not packaged food means in the winter 
I got beets and radishes and turnips. That's not better. That's worse. And, but my experience of it has, was not that. And the not flying, mm-hmm. I thought, wait a minute, there's a whole world out there. I'm going to miss out on that. Yeah. And my actual experience of it is the opposite. And I think a lot of people feel like not using a phone, that means you don't have all these tools. You don't have, you're not going to be productive. You don't have all this connectivity. So you're going to be isolated. And I think the phone isolates more. Yeah. And as you said, a pen and paper was more, how old is that technology? 10,000 years, 20,000 years? Well, I guess a cuneiform tablet, maybe. It's, it's quite old. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder if you took the next step, might you also, I don't know what the next step would be. I mean, in my case, it was avoiding flying and mm-hmm. unplugging the fridge, things like that. Yeah. Like the fridge led to more fresh food, not less. The systemic effect is different than the one-time effect because mm. I have to shop differently. Yeah. I'm curious what the next step will be. You know, and, and that connection idea, you know, in terms of, being connected with people. I'm connected for eight or more hours a day anyway. You know, we're connected right now over the internet. I have, uh, I have messages on the, I have a Mac, so I, I can, I message people throughout the day without my SIM card being in an iPhone, just through a, an, an email address associated with an iCloud account. So it's not as if people have to wait an incredibly long amount of time for a response from me. Uh, they just get it from an email address instead of a phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they wait about the same amount of time, maybe less because I can batch check getting back to people on, on this computer. But it's, uh, it's really, really interesting how, you know, this new technology, this, this internet technology. And I, I think of this technology as starting from the smartphone, but it probably came before that. Like the, I think of like a tea bag in water, how that kind of flavors the water, but the number of, of actual flavor particles is quite small in the drink, even though it changes the way it is. That, that's kind of how I think of how technology interacted with, with our social interactions before the smartphone. Whereas with the new technology, with, since the smartphone, I think of it as like two hands kind of inter- holding one another. Um, but not, a, not such a positive visual where, where, where one hand is technology and the other is communication. And it's, it's remarkable how technology realigns communication to be about that immediacy and about that shallowness and about that quantity and about being about currencies, you know? Like social interaction has become about uh, currencies of interactions instead of the depth of interaction. So it becomes about followers. It becomes about broadcasting what we're thinking about. It becomes about sharing our message. It becomes about, um, you know, what, how popular we are, metrics of popularity as well. Uh, Instead of, you know, having a five hour conversation with somebody who will change our life during those five hours because they'll offer us uh, the history of their life or lessons they've learned, you know, of 80 years of living or just somebody who will offer us a perspective of our own situation and how lucky 
and grateful and, and fortunate we, we are, uh, to be in the situation that we're in. Like it's, it's that depth that we're missing from communication now, but, uh, it's, I, I don't know that we can go, uh, we can go back, but when we have to interact with, uh, folks who have a, a much smaller attention span than we do, <laughs> that, that shorter attention span, you know, for the same reason people don't have time to read a book or get a, a delicious cup of coffee made that they make at home. You know, it's the same reason, uh, that causes that as the, that causes a minimal social interaction between people. So it's, I don't mean to be all doom and gloom because I, I think there's just so, there's such uh, immense power in reconnecting with this depth of connection, but it's something that I don't, I didn't realize that I was missing out on, uh, until, uh, until I was reminded from this experiment. I'm going to offer you at your option a, uh, yeah. and if you want to go for it and you don't have to decide now, but to, to see what the next thing, to see if this extrapolates, if going smartphone to flip phone, what if, and also it was, you said you've taken very few Ubers. So it sounds like there's some other thing at play there of, I mean, it's wintertime a lot of, in, in a cold place. A lot of people are thinking, of course I'm going to take a car. Why would I walk? It's, it's cold. Get a better coat. Also, something I think of, <laughs> um, a lot of what I think of what's going on, uh, when you, you're describing technology, I, I think of also a lot of power use. In particular, we have energy. We have things doing what we used to do. So there's gardening, which I think a lot of a lot of people find rewarding, and actually people increasingly describe as a luxury. It used to be work, but mm. then there's on the other side there's doof and and you know just going to the store and getting something pre prepared. And I just did a workshop yesterday, or not a workshop, but a presentation. And, and one of the guys was talking about his neighbors get like two or three meals delivered every day. Mm. Like they haven't prepared a meal in a long time, and that in that work is meaning and purpose. And so we're taking away the purpose and the meaning of, you know, it's like we can go and buy these gifts that look like they're handmade and it looks like very crafty, but we used to make things. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. stuff that we'd stick on the fridge or so I suspect that there's more to be had here. I don't think that the phone was like the final rung. Yeah. I'm very curious what the next experiment will be after this, uh, because it will be, it'll be great to chase depth instead of chasing metrics. Uh, cause I think, you know, where, uh, where meaning actually comes from is that depth of, of experience. And it's possible to get that regardless of what we happen to be doing, right? We just need to really pay attention. And so, my mind goes to what what else in addition to my uh, apparently great iPhone 14 Pro is uh, consuming more attention than I realize it is. <laughs> I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. Yes. After we hang up, I'm going to put two things on my calendar. One is to email you after this, maybe tomorrow or later today, and say, think about if you can think of another thing. And then at some date in the future... 
I'm going to email you again and ask how it went and if you want to come back on. Oh, okay. I'll post about it on my website. I, I posted about this experiment on my website because oh. I like to, uh, I like to share. <laughs> I like to share things because uh, if I'm struggling, I might as well get some tra- website traffic out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also share, you know, the, the the reasons why and hopefully help people out in the process. Um, and so, yeah, if you and likewise, if you have ideas for another experiment involving depth, I'd, uh, I'm all ears. I'm I'm curious to try. Oh, I mean, well, two things that have come out already are avoiding packaged food and avoiding flying. Ooh, flying would be difficult for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> but packaged food is much more doable. You may find it harder than you expect. For packaged food? Depending on how much takeout you get or what you consider packaged. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm right downtown Ottawa, so I get a fair amount of takeout. So that, that one would be challenging. That would be a fun challenge. No... Oh, takeout for a month. Oh, oh, just thinking about it. If you do it from the mindset of the mindset that you're in right now, I mean, how many people yeah. would react that way to going without their smartphone? Yeah, yeah, that's a very. They would probably react even more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's why I put it as an option, as an invitation, not uh, a suggestion. Because if the it's your intrinsic perspective that matters, not the yeah. There's the doing the thing, but if you're in the mindset that you're in right now with the smartphone or lack thereof yeah. or dismiss, dis, uh, absence thereof, then with that attitude and perhaps the, the your surroundings of Ottawa, perhaps in the sp- as the spring warms up, I don't know, maybe spring comes in June for you guys. I'm not sure. But as that arrives. We, we have uh, one week of summer. Yeah. yeah. We cherish it. It might be that there's more, you know, there's more joy to be had out there. And if with that attitude, I think it might be not the attitude of, hey, you're going to hurt people if you do that. Stop. That's extrinsic. I don't, I'm not going to stop other people from doing it that way. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put on my note for the second time, check your blog first before contacting you to see if you've been doing something already. And if you don't see anything, uh, yeah, hit me up. Not on my phone, though. I, I do not want to T9 you. <laughs> that has been the ultimate frustration is uh, going back to T9. I miss a keyboard. I miss the T9. I, I, I miss the... Uh, I don't like when people send me pictures. I, well, I, to me, texting is... The purpose of texting is to schedule in person. So I really mm. keep the stuff just to basics. I don't like to try yeah. to send nuanced information through text. It, it, it messes up every time. Yeah, yeah. And then you get into this, uh, you know, sending long paragraphs to people. And then you have, you know, four or five people that feel free to message you these long paragraphs of text at any moment. It's when, when it could actually lead to more meaning in person. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an experiment. I actually, um, recommend people try. Just just for the the purpose of of stepping back from your phone and realizing the ways that it has become invisible to you. Yeah, highly recommend it. Now I hear the clock tower bell ringing here, so I think you have your next thing. Yes, I do. I would stay on, and I'd be happy to. But uh, how does that sound? That I'll email you in some unknown time to you. I haven't figured, I haven't thought about it how long it would be either. To see if. If it's your option, you've picked it up, and if so, how it went, or if not, 
then we won't record it and we'll just talk. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything to close with here before, as we wrap up? Oh, no. Oh, is this the time I plug stuff? <laughs> well, if you want, I mean, we talked about the book or maybe there's a, I don't know. Yeah. It, sometimes people like to close with a message Oh. Or, or or maybe I didn't think to ask something or left something hanging that was worth bringing back up again. Oh, no, it's, uh, you know, I, I think the, the bottom line with this stuff is productivity, calm, uh, you know, it's all about intentionality. And I think that's the thing I keep coming back to is the more intentional we become with how we act and the more intention there is behind what we do. And especially when our intentions accommodate the systemic nature of the world that we live in, as well as our own systemic nature, uh, accommodating and, and considering our values through our actions, that's the path to meaning and productivity that actually makes a difference and a contribution and uh, to doing work also that matters. And so that's something I, that I try to communicate in, in, in my work. My website where you can follow my experiments, I will do a plug, chrisbailey.com. Uh, and the, the new book that we were chatting about uh, is called How to Calm Your Mind. So there you go. And I'll put the links in the notes. Chris Bailey, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, sir. Always good to chat with you. Same here. Yeah. How many people are bringing a message of joy from what everyone calls saving the environment, but I call the future? Step by step, this podcast is creating a culture of joy, community, and connection around sharing and acting on our environmental values. Again, there's no profit in buying and wasting less, but we'll all love our lives and relationships more when we do. I can use your support. Please donate at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. Again, that's joshuaspodick.com slash donate.